I'm Benita Conwell, and I'm a business owner, the owner of Roberts Meat Market. Um, 6.26.56, and I'm 55 years old. Growing up in Mount Bayou was um, was one of the one of, of an experience of of not a true Mississippi experience because Mount Bayou is an all black town at the time when I grew up in Mount Bayou it was an all black town, so we had all black people, polices, teachers, every walk of life, doctors, lawyers. Everything in Mount Bayou was black. So I really didn't experience uh, racism until I graduated from high school and went to college. And that's when I knew racism existed in Mississippi. Mount Bayou is nothing like it was when I grew up in it. We had stores, had businesses everywhere, everybody. It was an agriculture town, yeah. Everybody, uh, we had three gens uh, 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 running during the time when I grew up. My grandfather and, and my mother managed one of those gens, and so I got that experience. Yeah, we could always go up to the gen and, and watch the cotton being bailed and all of that. So it was just just, just totally different, yeah, from the Mount Bayou that, that, that I see today. However, I think there's a way we can bring it back. It's all a part of, of, of what we are embarking on, you understand, you know, and it has to do with agriculture. And I'm of the opinion that it was not broke, so so why try to fix it, you understand, you know. It worked for my grandparents, it worked for my parents, and I know that they can work for me, you understand. But I don't know if if we have lost or or if we have allowed our children to lose sight of what we had and how well one of the things that that I tell my family all the time that my grandparents them instilled in us if you worked you could have what you want and I've always grown up with that philosophy if I work I can have what I want farming is hard work but if you do it and you can be successful in it then it's a good living and it's an honest living and there is nothing wrong with hard work. That's a part of why I'm a part of SRBWI. You understand? It gives me that opportunity to, to, to pass information on, to, to, to really enhance my heritage and to pass information on to future generations. And that's something that's important to me because I know the essence of hard work and I know the, the, the feeling of accomplishment and I know what it's like to achieve the American dream because I have lived it, I've done it, and this is where we are today. The Sweet Potato Jamboree was established in the late 90s. And one of the things uh, that uh, we did was um, uh, it was established with Alcorn out at the Alcorn Extension uh, uh, Center that we had have located here in Mount Bayou. 
and we thought that it would be good to feature the Mississippi, I mean the Mississippi Delta grown sweet potatoes because we knew we had a better quality of sweet potatoes than, than was grown over in the hills or, or, or near in bottom. Okay, and uh, what what they suggested, what was suggested in some of the planning meetings is that we have a contest and have sweet potato dishes featured and let there be women within the community. And since that time, it has grown beyond this community, but we had women in the community to make pies and dishes uh, uh, with sweet potatoes and brought judges out to judge them and uh, gave uh, prizes or, or, or for the individual who had the uh, best sweet potato dish. So, and we, what we did also in there was we brought the youth from the schools and we brought them out to, to try to establish uh, 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 a rich history of this community and make it associated again, once again, with Alps culture. And to let them look and see for themselves that and meet and network with other people from other places and 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 just try to instill an interest in agriculture back in our youth. So it has worked well. It has grown since since the the the, the late nineties and it has been successful. It has been it's been done year after year. I think this year it will be done usually in September. So this year it will be September 22nd, and we're hoping that it will be even bigger than it was last year. It is an annual event. Yeah, it is a, a Mount Bayou tradition, and, and, and hopefully it will continue to be a Mount Bayou tradition. This is where the Sweet Potatoes Growers organization was founded. Yeah, uh, Mr. Wardell Sanders, along with myself, and some other uh, gentlemen, yeah, my uncles and some other gentlemen within the community uh, founded the Sweet Potatoes Growers Organization and through a lot of hard work and, and, and sacrifice, it still exists today. So hopefully we can take that further. And hope we, hopefully we can do it in conjunction with SRBWI Women in Ag. Yeah. <laughs> so is, is this a part of what you spoke of earlier? Um, getting the business of agriculture back to Mount Bayou. Is this the start of this? And if not, at what point are you in your plan to make uh, Mount Bayou again an agricultural area? That's that's where we are today, you understand? And we are, we are, are busy working on putting agriculture back in Mount Bayou. But this time we're looking at it from a from a different angle. No longer will we be planting cotton and soybeans and rice. We'll also be adding vegetables to 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 this this agriculture uh, business. And there's a great need now in our country for healthy food. And there's a great need in our country for quality food. And there's a great need among our children to understand that they need to eat healthy. And vegetables is where it is, whether they know it or not. Do you think it's better, especially if, if it's grown here in Mount Bayou, to go so close to where home is, right to the table, whether it's the dental table or the school lunch table, do you think that's better for not only the community, but for uh, maybe Mississippi in general? It, it is better. 
Yeah, locally grown is the best way. When I grew up, every family in town had a garden. We were reared from our gardens. And on our farm, we had everything. So <laughs> hogs, cows, you name it, you understand? So you had the farm fresh eggs, the farm fresh milk, yeah, the farm fresh butter, yeah, it, the farm fresh peaches, yeah, the farm fresh wallabellas, yeah, you name it, we had it, you understand, you know? And that's what we had. We had, we had, back in the days, we used to have what we call a, a, the sweet potato patch. You understand? And the, and the peanut patch, yeah. All your nuts, you had your, your, your pecan trees, everything you needed that was healthy was on that farm. And that was a part of your life. So naturally, when you grew up, having to eat healthy, yeah, it's a thing that you continue in your life. So look at me. <laughs> Is that the picture that you want to get back to, just having everything right there at, for your convenience? Yes. And, and, and if you grow it, then you know what it consists of. Yeah. You know what you put on it, and, and you know where it came from. And I would enjoy that much better than I would enjoy uh, vegetables from California, vegetables from Georgia. Yeah. If it's locally grown, or I can talk to that farmer who grew my product, I would enjoy it. Yeah. You're also involved in the meat market. Tell us about, uh, is it Robert's Meat Market? How did you get involved in that? Well, Robert's Meat Market is my baby. Uh, I built it from the ground to, to, to its existence today. I started, it took me maybe about four years to build that store and and brick by brick I know where every brick is I know where every nail is and back in 85 March of 85 uh, Robert's Meat Market became an establishment and from 85 to this present day it exists and it has had its ups and its downs, ins and outs, like every other business, but it has been a mecca and a money maker for Miss Conwell. <laughs> what does the name Robert come from? Robert was my uh father and and back in the, in eighty one my father passed. And that was at a time when I was trying to build, construct my building. And what he had been to me in my life and the contributions that he had made to my life to making me who I am and what I am, then I felt it only fitting to name it after my father. Okay. Um, <clears throat> So you say it's a Mecca. So are you getting clients from near and far? Then what 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 I had to do in order to and and, and to make it make it uh, uh, a successful business, I, I commuted southern meats to the north and uh, uh, St. Louis, Peoria, uh, all the way to Chicago, and and I've gone beyond there. 
now I have because there have been so many people to to leave the community and move away, but they still enjoy Southern products. Then uh, they call back and we ship. So it's 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 been a rewarding experience. Yeah, and delivering what what a consumer wants, and because of that, we have been we have been put in the position to where uh, vegetables are constantly asked about and say, you know, Benita, do you know where to find some peas? Benita, do you know where to find some sweet potatoes? Yeah. So it, it, it all connects and it all makes sense. And then you're talking to people who were the same people that you grew up with who had gardens in their backyard just as we had a garden in our backyard. And they know the importance of fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, and, of course, uh, fresh meat. Yeah, locally grown. I know what the question was. Did you build this meat market yourself? Yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. From the ground up. Some days I was there by myself, and uh, I might be painting in the back, and the door would open, and it would be my mother coming in. And she like, Benita, what you doing today? I said, I'm painting. She say, well, pass me a brush. Yeah. And, 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 and these are things that, that I cherish and I, I take with me for the rest of my life. Sometimes I'm in my store and I'm in there alone and I'm looking around and I can remember things that, boards that we put up and, and, and things, you understand, you know. And it gives you the strength in bad times to go forth and I guess in, in, in many ways it was meant to be like that. I opened the store up in March of 85, and my mother died in July the same year. So it was, had really had an, uh, a, a, a big impact on who I am and the strength that it takes to, to go forth. And, I, well, you'd have to be me to understand it, so let's, let's not talk about it any further. <laughs> <laughs> Your mother is very important to you, that story. Yes, it, 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 it's, it, it's deep-rooted. And then because my, my mother was a farmer, it, it, it places an impact on your whole life. And, 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 and then you begin to look at and you take the seriousness of what they work for, how they, how they, how they strive to every day to try to lead their family something, and how you have a responsibility to carry on and to go forth. And you had also the responsibility to teach your children to carry on and to go forth. Okay. And you have really gone forth because um, I want you to talk to me about uh, your meeting with Hillary Clinton and what that was all about. Well, back in the, the I think it was around 90, 96, I went to Washington to, to meet with Hillary. And uh, during that time, they had a banking initiative. And um, I had been, back in the 80s, I had been trying to, to, to get some capital to, to build Robert's Meat Market. And I was so strong with the bank, I could uh, go to the bank and sign my name, get $5,000 anytime I got ready. Yeah, it was a bank that my grandfather took me to. And, and in my family, uh, when, when you're given the opportunity to, to go to a financial institution and your, your parents take you there, then 
we were taught to do what you tell an individual that you were going to do. So we did that. And uh, when I went to the bank to, to, to get a loan to, to build Robert's Meat Market, then I was told no. So I asked the question, if I build the building, then would you mortgage the building? I was told yes, because that individual didn't know that I was going to go and build this building. He assumed that I wasn't, so the answer was yes. Make a long story short, I built the building, and I went back. I had a, an appraisal to come in, and I went back, and I had that build act, act, went back to that particular institution and asked them to loan me some money and mortgage my building for me, and they refused me. And I was refused on the ground that they didn't want anything in Mount Bayou. And that gave me another drive to, to be told that you don't want anything in a town that has been so rich and, and so vital in my life that it was inconceivable. So I'm like, this is going to work with or without you. And we go forth. And that's when I came up with the idea of, okay, let's take me from the, from the south to the north and say, you know, let's get around the Kroger's in the, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, back at that time, I think it was Jenny Jungles and the Sunflowers and all of those stores. Let's get around there and let's go directly to the consumer and make a market out of this. And that's what we did. And so it's been very successful, you said. Yes, it has. Okay. And so the uh, trip to D.C. played a role in that? Yes, it did. In, in that, well, during that time, uh, they had some money for a banking initiative, and it was uh, $8 million or more. It was millions of dollars. But anyway, it came, it came that it never got off the ground because somehow the power structure didn't want it to get off the ground. And I understand the ins and outs of that now. And hopefully that was in 96, and hopefully 2011 is a different day in America. And hopefully in 2011 we can see further. The vision is brighter and it's greater than the, those times were there. And hopefully in 2011 uh, the races, the race tone in Mississippi is different. Therefore, if it is, and, 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 and we can do some of the things that we're trying to do here today, as far as agriculture is concerned, then it'll be a greater Mississippi. Okay. The question I have is you never saw any of those funds. What fund? I mean, is that Well, I, I had proposed to do a butcher training, training school and uh, and one of the things that we were trying to do back in those times was create jobs in the state of Mississippi. And I knew from, from, from having my meat market and I knew how many butchers I had gone through and I knew how hard butchers were to find within that, in, in, in this area right here. And I knew that there are a lot of young men as well as women, and, and I don't want to forget that, uh, who needed jobs in this area, uh, 
and they could have a good opportunity. The butchers make somewhere right now between twenty and twenty-five dollars an hour. You understand? It? And that's a good living in the state of Mississippi. So I wanted to put as many of them out there as I could. You understand? You know, and naturally, uh, uh, it might have have enhanced somebody's life, and it it could be the difference in a young man who's standing on the corner today and 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 a young man who has three or four children out of wedlock and being able to take care of his own kids. And and that's what we asked them to do. But and also in accent we need to give them an opportunity. And that brings us back to agriculture again. Yeah. Everybody's not gonna make A's and B's in school. So and and all of us don't come from the same stock. But given an opportunity, you can farm this land, and you can grow some vegetables, and you can put food on your on your child on your children's table, and you can make a good living. So, is it that the money was there, or you were given money or approved for money, but yet it didn't reach you? Well, the the money never came to the state of Mississippi. Yeah, because the the powers that be. Then want to do you realize the impact that this would have had on the state of Mississippi if we had had black businesses uh, springing up everywhere, and the powers that be didn't want that to happen. So it it, it got caught in the shuffle. I went and talked to the supervisor on many different occasions, the super, my local supervisor, and he said he he told me the last thing he told me he said, Benita, you need to leave that alone. And so I eventually did, understand, because he told me the powers that be. They just don't want this to happen at this time. So I left it alone. Well, how did you, I know you, you kind of unofficially got into farming because that's how you grew up. But now at this stage in life, how, how did you get into what you're doing now? Because of the way I grew up. Farming is going to always be a part of my life, and, and, it's, and it's so deeply embedded in me. So uh, I, 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 I always, where Robin Meat Market is located, there's two acres of land on the side of it. So I've always had Robert's Meat Market and a crop of peas, a crop of butter beans, a crop of bell peppers. It was something always growing on those two acres on the other side of Robert's Meat Market. So this it's, it's just who I am. You know what I'm saying? And when you, when you come from the family that I come from it, and you grew up in the times that I came, then it's, it's basically going to be who you are. Ask any one of my cousins. <laughs> Uh, you have been um, a community organizer, community advocate. What inspires you or did inspire you to get involved in your community? Well, because of the way I grew up also, I looked at my community from the years when I came, which was in the 60s, the 70s. I graduated from high school in 72. And I looked at all the things that I grew up with and around, and all of a sudden, they weren't here. And the kids had nothing to do, and they were doing so many other things that we weren't allowed to do when, when, when we were growing up. When we came home from school, we pulled off our school clothes, and we went to work. 
They come home from school. They keep their school clothes on. And they do nothing. There's something wrong with this picture, I say. <laughs> and... You see, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't walk to town. You didn't see kids walking all up and down the streets every day, all day, during the time when we were growing up, yeah, and saying anything out of their mouth in front of anybody, you know what I'm saying? I kept saying, there's something wrong with this picture. And it's just somebody got to get up and do something. I told a group of people, one day I was riding through town, and I'm looking around town, and I say, somebody need to do something about this. I went to bed that night. I woke up in that morning, and the same thing was on my mind. And when I stood up, there was a mirror right there, and I looked in it. And I say, you, you need to try to do something about this. I say, so why are you talking about what somebody else ought to be doing? I say, you need to be doing what you can do. So then it begins. Yeah. Let's let's try to put this back. You know what I'm saying? You know? And then I began to talk to kids and kids then even I see it, they like, this old town and I'm like, you have no idea what this town used to be like. And you begin to tell them about this community and how you grew up and and they are in awe. They just can't believe it. And I'm like, it could be again. So you start to work, and you work, and you work, and you work tirelessly and endlessly. But you can't do it alone. You need people. You need support. And that brings me back to SRBWI. And that's what we are. And so you when 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 I had the opportunity when they came to me and asked me and told me about SRBWI and told me about the organization and its and its mission for injustices and in and impoverished people. And it's all of what I see here. Yeah. That has been a grave injustice. We have robbed our children of their heritage, their future. There was everybody that I knew on land in this community. And now, I guess, coming into Mount Bayou and the surrounding area, all that land belonged to black people. And now, there's been a big migration of, of, of people who have came and, and bought up the land, and no longer do you have those family farms and all of those things that used to sit around. And and I know we could get that back, you understand, you know, if we just create another generation who understands the importance of owning and having your own and taking pride in having your own. So is that how you got involved with SRBWI, um, finding someone who was like-minded and who wanted to accomplish some of the same kinds of things? Yes. That was, that was what motivated me to say yes to SRBWI. And then they wanted to, uh, to find women in agriculture. So, and that was another uh, love of mine. 
and so that therefore it was it was easy to come aboard. Okay, do you all have a particular mission with SRBWR and the Women in Ag? Yes, I, 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 I'm, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of, of just what I told you. Let's try to keep our, our, our family farms as many as we got left, and let's 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 try to motivate my people into into going back to their roots. Yeah, this is where we came from, and we did it for them. So can we do it for ourselves? We were forced to do it for them. Do we have to be forced to do it for ourselves? We don't. We can do it for ourselves. And and that's where we are. And there are people who just simply have to make money to pay their taxes in order to keep what they got. And this is an opportunity. So let's 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 see where this opportunity takes us and and, and, and let's go forth. What does it mean to be a black woman farmer in the Mississippi Delta today? <laughs> The one word that I know to, to describe a black woman in farming today would be opportunity. The opportunities are so much greater now to, 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 to be a black woman in farming. Uh, there are so many programs and, and, and things available to us now until all you'd have to do is get up off your fanny and go out and try to do what you need to do. And hot work is, in, is a part of it, but if, if you desire to have what you need, you understand, then you're going to have to work for it. And therefore, this is what we do. There are five counties involved with what we do that are represented. How did you guys decide upon what counties would be involved in, in your ag project. Okay, I really didn't have anything to to do with the uh, the environment of the five counties. When they came to me, then five counties were involved. So, and I'm 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 thinking, you know, that it was strategic in the way that they did it because the counties are located in the delta, basically. So, and. Because there was a base in, 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 in South Mississippi and Jackson, I'm assuming that they started with Yazoo and came on back. And I think we're the, um, Bolivar is the, is the, is the last county that, that it, and it is last county to the north. So I'm assuming that it was strategic. Okay. Uh, how many women are involved with your Women in Ag program? At this time, we probably have about 30 women. And, uh, it's a good group of women, and it's, and it's women that have been, uh, we've added on uh, uh, some beginners, but it will, basically, the women that, that we have are women farmers, you understand, you know, who, who all of us have an interest in farming. So, and basically all of them is, is growing something or has has had the experience of growing something, and we got uh, several women who have even extended themselves into growing livestock. So it's, 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 it's a good group of women. A lot of, of them were farming when I met them. And uh, basically, 
the women in my act program uh, grow vegetables. So, and there are all kinds of vegetables, squash, okra, peas, lima beans, um, sweet potatoes. That's, that's, that's our organization's uh, chief crop, the sweet potato. But uh, they grow peppers, you name it, anything in the vegetable line. Somebody in, that, in our organization has a hand to grow it, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> we meet when necessary, let's, let's say that. But, but we, have to, we always have to have an annual meeting. And uh, if there's something, we do a lot of teleconferencing, but if there's something that we need to meet about, then we just call a meeting. And that brings us to the sweet potato green. How did you get involved with that in the market in Texas that you are affiliated with? Well, uh, somehow that market seeked us out. And uh, we took it as an opportunity. And it is a great opportunity. You understand? However, uh, it was a, quite a bit of work. Yeah, sometimes you can bite off more you can chew. So, <laughs> but we successfully successfully supplied that market last year, and this year uh, we've tried to extend it with some other things that that he wants, which is some hibernarian peppers. We have planted some, but they have not because of the drought. We have not had a good year, and it was our first experimental plot. So we're still waiting for the outcome of, of, of this, but uh, next year we're going to go forth with it, and we're not going to give up until we deliver those hibernarian peppers. Those sweet potato greens, we, we have them everywhere. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman the other day. We're going to try to experiment with another green, with another potato, uh, 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 and see if it will produce larger leaves, understand, which would make uh, the process go much, much smoother, you understand, because you'll be able to package, you'll be able to do less work and package more greens, you understand. So we're, we're, we're still working on that. But it's, it's, it's a good market. The market is solid for anybody who wants to, to, to expound on it. However, they would have to come through SRBWI. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have yeah. the market. Yes, we cornered the market. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about the experimental crops. Um, is seed saving important in the process that you do as far as your planting and growing? It is most important. Yeah, because uh, what 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 do you have with your sweet potato? And that's one of the things that we were able to do year before last. But last year, because of production, we weren't able to to save any seedings, and it makes a big difference in the, the expense and your cost of, of of growing your product. So, and then you are able to, if you save your seedings, you are able to supply each individual who wants to grow. Uh, sweet potatoes with 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 slips, and it's gonna make it easier for that for that particular individual to to start their crop. You understand, you know, and they would have they could use their limited funds in order to maintain it, but you will still get uh, a product. 
and 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 that's 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 a, a most important, and that will help advance that individual. So, and we can move on to to growing other products, and 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 you'll have some some capital to begin your crop with next year because you you haven't put all your money into something that that might or might not produce in that particular soil or at that particular time because of the climate. So it's most important. Your uncle, Louis Sanders, was an intricate part of farming the Emergency Land Forum, which was established to prevent uh, the loss of black-owned land. Talk to us a bit about that. Well, I can't speak on it. Um, as well, I could just I I tell you about it as I know it. I know that he served uh, on the board during the early years of his establishment, and that's that's basically all I know about that. Okay. Um, tell me about farming sweet potatoes. You mentioned once before about uh, young people planting seeds and singing in the fields and listening to the iPod. Talk about that. Okay. Now that that brings us to the labor of this. And, and and who the best individuals are to plant those sweet potatoes. And I, I found that, that that they have an interest in planting sweet potatoes and they also do it well. And they can consistently do it. Yeah. And they get on that planter and uh put their uh earphones on and listen to their music and study drop those slips. You understand? Before you know it, you uncovered five or ten acres of land, and that's what you want. Somebody who can roll those slips in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So is, is, that, is that part of this vision that you have for bringing um, this farming thing back to just full-blown farming for not just black families, but just for families in general? Yes, that's a part of this vision. Uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, my little cousin, who who is one of the ones who who plants sweet potatoes and, and uses iPod and do this, he said, "Benita, uh, is, is it time for us to go out there and clip some of those slips off of there and put them and and fill in them skips?" I said, "Yeah, man, that's what we need to go and do." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it feels good. Okay. Um, what do you want, want young people to know about the Mississippi Delta and agriculture and what you do? What is it that you want young folks to know? Is that agriculture is a part of your life, whether directly or indirectly. And there's one thing that all of us got to do. And that's eat. You know what I'm saying? So when you understand the importance of, of, of agriculture and where your food come from and how you can play a role in where your food come from, then and how you can save money while playing a role and where your food come from. And there are means and ways of making a living while doing it. And agriculture is something that you have to enjoy in order to do because you got early mornings and late nights and you got incidentals 
and things that are going to come up, and you're going to have to get up and do it. Work never stops, but if it's something that you're interested in and it's something that, that I can have a part of, of piquing your curiosity, then I'd love to be that person. And I know many, 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 and most and all of the women who sit around my table when we meeting with women in ag, that's a major interest of theirs, young people. And what are we going to do to get them back, to get them off these streets, to pique their curiosity, and to bring them into the fall? Okay. Um, what has been your greatest challenge, um, I guess, in farming? My greatest challenge in farming, well, my, 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 my greatest challenge is sharing the vision. And I, I see that there are so many people who, who understand where we're trying to go and understand that, that agriculture has been an intricate part in, 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 in the Delta and in Mississippi. But I don't think they understand that the, the big picture that agriculture can play in revitalizing the state and, and revitalizing Mount Bayou and just doing great things for, for a lot of people. We, we sit on the, on, on the verge of a great opportunity here to grow vegetables and to, to make farming a whole different thing from what it was back in the 50s and then the 60s. And then we set with the opportunity to enhance people's lives and, and especially the women's of my organization. We could do great things. So, but the challenge is sharing the vision. What is your greatest hope for the future? That somehow we, as a people, would somehow take what we got, learn to use what we have to our advantage, take advantage of our opportunities that, that we're being offered today, and look forward to, I, I, I have always said that I didn't, I didn't want to be wealthy or rich per se, but I've always wanted to live a comfortable life. And I know in agriculture and in what we have and what we share, we could hardly live a comfortable life. So therefore, I'm hoping that the future is brighter and that everybody's going to start growing and eating vegetables. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, I, 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 I like to say that um, I'm thinking about um, 
and and ever since I saw that image of of, of those children in Somalia, it has been something that that has plagued me. Sunday I went to church and and and, and when altar call came, that's all I could think about. And and to say that there are people hungry in the world, and there is something that we can do about it as a people. And then I, I go back in my mind and think of how much food we throw away in America. And and there's something that we can do right here where you are to help things better for somebody else. And if we could 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 look at our lives and, and, and just start with the person in the mirror, I think we can make this world a better place. So let's 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 start thinking beyond ourselves and and try to do what we can while we can. And let's go forth and do some things that's gonna make a difference in somebody else's life. I'm Benita Conwell, and I'm a business owner, the owner of Robert's Meat Market. I'm 6'2656", and I'm 55 years old. Growing up in Mount Bayou was um, was one of the one of, of an experience of of not a true Mississippi experience because Mount Bayou is an all black town. At the time when I grew up in Mount Bayou, it was an all-black town. So we had all black people, polices, teachers, every walk of life, doctors, lawyers, everything in Mount Bayou was black. So I really didn't experience uh, racism until I graduated from high school and went to college. And that's when I knew racism existed in Mississippi. Mount Bayou is nothing like it was when I grew up in it. We had stores, had businesses everywhere, everybody. It was an agricultural town, yeah. Everybody, uh, we had three gens uh, 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 running during the time when I grew up. My grandfather and, and my mother managed one of those gens, and so I got that experience, yeah. We could always go up to the gen and, and watch the cotton being baled and all of that, so it was just... Just, just totally different, yeah, from the Mount Bayou that, that, that I see today. However, I think there's a way 
we can bring it back. It's all a part of, of, of what we are embarking on, you understand, you know, and it has to do with our culture. And I'm of the opinion that it was not broke, so so why try to fix it, you understand, you know. It worked for my grandparents, it worked for my parents, and I know that it can work for me, you understand. But I don't know if if we have lost or or if we have allowed our children to lose sight of what we had and how well one of the things that that I tell my family all the time that my grandparents them instilled in us if you worked you could have what you want and I've always grown up with that philosophy if I work I can have what I want farming is hard work but if you do it and you can be successful in it then it's a good living and it's an honest living and there is nothing wrong with hard work. That's a part of why I'm a part of SRBWI. You understand? It gives me that opportunity to, to, to pass information on to 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 really enhance my heritage and to pass information on to future generations. And that's something that's important to me because I know the essence of hard work, and I know the, the, the feeling of accomplishment, and I know what it's like to achieve the American dream, because I have lived it, I've done it, and this is where we are today. The Sweet Potato Jamboree was established in the late 90s. And one of the things uh, that uh, we did was um, uh, it was established with Alcorn out at the Alcorn Extension uh, uh, Center that we had have located here in Mount Valley. And we thought that it would be good to feature the Mississippi, I mean the Mississippi Delta grown sweet potatoes because we knew we had a better quality of sweet potatoes than, than was grown over in the hills or, or, or near, in bottom. Okay, and uh, what, what they suggested, what was suggested in some of the planning meetings is that we have a contest and have sweet potato dishes featured and let there be women within the community. And since that time, it has grown beyond this community, but we had women in the community to make pies and dishes uh, uh, with sweet potatoes and brought judges out to judge them and uh, gave uh, prizes or, or, or for the individual who had the uh, best sweet potato dish. So, and we, what we did also in there was we brought the youth from the schools and we brought them out to, to try to establish a, 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 a rich history of this community and make it associated again, once again, with agriculture and to let them look and see for themselves that and meet and network with other people from other places and, 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 just try to instill an interest in agriculture back in our youth. So it has worked well. It has grown since since the, 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 the late 90s, and 
it has been successful. It has been, it's been done year after year. I think this year it will be done usually in September. So this year it will be September 22nd, and we're hoping that it will be even bigger than it was last year. It is an annual event, yeah. It is a, a Mount Bayou tradition, and, and, and hopefully it will continue to be a Mount Bayou tradition. This is where the Sweet Potatoes Growers organization was founded, yeah. Uh, Mr. Wardell Sanders, along with myself, and some other uh, gentlemen, yeah, my uncles and some other gentlemen within the community, uh, founded the Sweet Potatoes Growers Organization, and through a lot of hard work and, and, and sacrifice, it still exists today. So hopefully we can take that further, and hope we, hopefully we can do it in conjunction with SRBWI Women in Ag. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's where we are today, you understand, and we are we are, are busy working on putting agriculture back in Mount Bayou. But this time we're looking at it from a from a different angle. No longer will we be planting cotton and soybeans and rice. We'll also be adding vegetables to 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 this this agriculture uh, business. And there's a great need now in our country for healthy food. And there's a great need in our country for quality food, and there's a great need among our children to understand that they need to eat healthy. And vegetables is where it is, whether they know it or not. It, it is better. Yeah, locally grown is the best way. When I grew up, every family in town had a garden. We were reared from our gardens, and on our farm, we had everything, so <laughs> hogs, cows, you name it, you understand? So you had the farm fresh eggs, the farm fresh milk, yeah, the farm fresh butter, yeah, it, the farm fresh peaches, yeah, the farm fresh wallabellas, yeah, you name it, we had it, you understand, you know? And that's what we had. We had, we had back in the days, we used to have what we call a, a, the sweet potato patch, you understand? And the, and the peanut patch, yeah. All your nuts, you had your, your, your pecan trees, everything you needed that was healthy was on that farm. And that was a part of your life. So naturally, when you grew up, having to eat healthy, yeah, it's a thing that you continue in your life. So look at me. <laughs> if you grow it, then you know what it consists of. Yeah, you know what you put on it, and and you know where it came from, and I would enjoy that much better than I would enjoy uh, vegetables from California, vegetables from Georgia. Yeah, if it's locally grown, or I can talk to that farmer who grew my product, I would enjoy it, yeah. Well, Robert's Reef Market is my baby. Uh, I built it from the ground to, to, to its existence today. I started, it took me maybe about four years to build that store. And, and brick by brick, I know where every brick is. I know where every nail is. And back in 85, March of 85, uh, Robert's Meat Market became an establishment. 
And from 85 to this present day, it exists. And it has had its ups and its downs, ins and outs, like every other business. But it has been a mecca and a money maker for Miss Conwell. <laughs> Robert was my uh, father, and and back in the, in '81, my father passed. And that was at a time when I was trying to build, construct my building. And what he had been to me in my life and the contributions that he had made to my life to making me who I am and what I am, then I felt it only fitting to name it after my father. What I had to do in order to, and, and, and to make it, make it uh, a successful business, I, I commuted Southern meets to the north, and uh, uh, St. Louis, Peoria, uh, all the way to Chicago, and and I've gone beyond there. Now I have because there have been so many people to to leave the community and move away, but they still enjoy Southern products. Then uh, they call back, and we ship. So it's 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 been a rewarding experience, yeah, and delivering what what a uh, consumer wants, and because of that, we have been we have been put in the position to where uh, vegetables are constantly asked about. You understand? You know, Bonita, do you know where to find some peas? Bonita, do you know where to find some sweet potatoes? Yeah, so it 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 all connects, and it all makes sense. And then you're talking to people who were the same people that you grew up with who had gardens in their backyard, just as we had a garden in our backyard. And they know the importance of fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, and, of course, uh, fresh meat. Yeah, locally grown. Yeah, from the ground up. Some days I was there by myself and... Uh, I might be painting in the back, and the door would open, and it would be my mother coming in. And she like, Benita, what you doing today? I said, I'm painting. She say, well, pass me a brush. Yeah. And, 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 and these are things that, that I cherish and I, I take with me for the rest of my life. Sometimes I'm in my store, and I'm in there alone, and I'm looking around, and I can remember things that boards that we put up and, and, and things, you understand, you know, and it gives you the strength in bad times to go forth. And I guess in, in, in many ways it was meant to be like that. I opened the store up in March of 85 and my mother died in July the same year. So it was, had really had an, uh, a, a, a big impact on who I am and the strength that it takes to, to go forth. And I, well, you'd have to be me to understand it. So let's let's not talk about it any further. <laughs> yes, it 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 is it, it, it's, it's deep rooted. And then because my my mother was a farmer, it 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 places an impact on your whole life. And 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 then you begin to look at and you take the seriousness of what they work for. How they how they how they strive to every day to try to lead their family something, 
and how you have a responsibility to carry on and to go forth. And you had also the responsibility to teach your children to carry on and to go forth. Well, back in the, the I think it was around 90, 96, I went to Washington to, to meet with Hillary. And uh, during that time, they had a banking initiative. And um, I had been, back in the 80s, I had been trying to, to, to get some capital to, to build Robert's Meat Market. And I was so strong with the bank, I could uh, go to the bank and sign my name, get $5,000 anytime I got ready. Yeah, it was the bank that my grandfather took me to. And, and in my family, uh, when, when you're given the opportunity to, to go to a financial institution and your, your parents take you there, then we were taught to do what you tell an individual that you were going to do. So we did that. And uh, when I went to the bank to, to, to get a loan to, to build Robert's Meat Market, then I was told no. So I asked the question, if I build the building, then would you mortgage the building? I was told yes, because that individual didn't know that I was going to go and build this building. He assumed that I wouldn't, so the answer was yes. Make a long story short, I built the building, and I went back. I had a, an appraisal to come in, and I went back, and I had that build act, asked, went back to that particular institution and asked them to loan me some money and mortgage my building for me, and they refused me. And I was refused on the ground that they didn't want anything in Mount Bayou. And that gave me another drive to, to be told that you don't want anything in a town that has been so rich and, and so vital in my life that it was inconceivable. So I'm like, this is going to work with or without you. And we go forth. And that's when I came up with the idea of, okay, let's take me from the, from the south to the north and say, you know, let's get around the Krogers in the, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, back at that time, I think it was Jenny Jungles and the Sunflowers and all of those stores. Let's get around them and let's go directly to the consumer and make a market out of this. And that's what we did. During that time, uh, they had some money for a banking initiative, and it was uh, $8 million or more. It was millions of dollars. But anyway, it came, it came that it never got off the ground because somehow the power structure didn't want it to get off the ground. And I understand the ins and outs of that now. And hopefully that was in 96, and hopefully 2011 is a different day. In America and hopefully in 2011 we can see further the vision is brighter and it's greater than that those times were there and hopefully in 2011 uh, the races the race tone in Mississippi is different therefore if it is and 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 and, and we can do some of the things that we're trying to do here today, 
as far as agriculture is concerned, then it'll be a greater Mississippi. I, I had proposed to do a butcher training, training school, and, uh, and one of the things that we were trying to do back in those times was create jobs in the state of Mississippi. And I knew from, from, from having my meat market, and I knew how many butchers I had gone through, and I knew how hard butchers were to find within that, in, in, in this area right here. And I knew that there are a lot of young men as well as women, and, and I don't want to, want to forget that, uh, who needed jobs in this area, and they could have a good opportunity. The butchers make somewhere right now between 20 and $25 an hour, you understand? And that's a good living in the state of Mississippi. So I wanted to put as many of them out there as I could, you understand, you know. And naturally, uh, uh, it might have have enhanced somebody's life, and it it could be the difference in a young man who's standing on the corner today, and 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 a young man who has three or four children out of wedlock and being able to take care of his own kids, and and that's what we asked them to do. But and also in accent, we need to give them an opportunity, and that brings us back to agriculture again. Yeah, everybody's not going to make A's and B's in school. So, and, and all of us don't come from the same stock. But given an opportunity, you can farm this land. Mm -hmm. And you can grow some vegetables. And you can put food on your, on your, chil on your children's table. Mm -hmm. And you can make a good living. The, the money never came to the state of Mississippi. Yeah, because the, the powers that be... Then want to do you realize the impact that this would have had on the state of Mississippi if we had had black businesses uh, springing up everywhere, and the powers that be didn't want that to happen. So it it, it got caught in the shuffle. I went and talked to the supervisor on many different occasions, the super, my local supervisor, and he said he he told me the last thing he told me he said, Benita, you need to leave that alone. And so I eventually did, you understand, because he told me that the powers that be, they just don't want this to happen at this time. So I left it alone. Because of the way I grew up, farming is going to always be a part of my life. And, and, it's, and it's so deeply embedded in me. So uh, I, 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 I always where Robin Meat Market is located, there's two acres of land on the side of it. So I've always had Robert's Meat Market and a crop of peas, a crop of butter beans, a crop of bell peppers. It was something always growing on those two acres on the other side of Robert's Meat Market. So this it's it's just who I am. You know what I'm saying? And when you when you come from the family that I come from it, and you grew up in the times that I came, then it's, it's basically going to be who you are. Ask any one of my cousins. <laughs> well, because of the way I grew up also, I looked at my community from the years when I came, which was in the 60s, the 70s. I graduated from high school in 72. And I looked at all the things that I grew up with and around and all of a sudden, they weren't here, and the kids had nothing to do, and they were doing 
so many other things that we weren't allowed to do when 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 we were growing up. When we came home from school, we pulled off our school clothes and we went to work. They come home from school, they keep their school clothes on, and they do nothing. There's something wrong with this picture, I say. <laughs> and you see, we didn't we didn't we didn't walk to town. You didn't see kids walking all up and down the streets every day, all day, during the time when we were growing up. Yeah. And saying anything out of their mouth in front of anybody, you know what I'm saying? I kept saying there's something wrong with this picture. And it's just somebody got to get up and do something. I told a group of people one day I was riding through town and I'm looking around town and I say, somebody need to do something about this. I went to bed that night. I woke up in that morning and the same thing was on my mind. And when I stood up, there was a mirror right there and I looked in it and I say, you, you need to try to do something about this. I say, so why are you talking about what somebody else ought to be doing? I say, you need to be doing what you can do. So then it begins. Yeah, let's let's try to put this back, you know what I'm saying, you know? And then I began to talk to kids, and kids didn't even, I see it, they like, this old town? And I'm like, you have no idea what this town used to be like. And you begin to tell them about this community and how you grew up, and and they are in awe. They just can't believe it. And I'm like, it could be again. So you start to work, and you work, and you work, and you work tirelessly and endlessly. But you can't do it alone. You need people. You need support. And that brings me back to SRBWI. And that's what we are. And so... You, when, when, when I had the opportunity, when they came to me and asked me and told me about SRBWI and told me about the organization and its, and its mission for injustices and, in, and impoverished people, and it's all of what I see here. Yeah, that has been a grave injustice. We have robbed our children of their heritage, their future. There was everybody that I knew on land in this community. And now, I guess, coming into Mount Bayou and the surrounding area, all that land belonged to black people. And now... There's been a big migration of, of, of people who have came and, and bought up the land, and no longer do you have those family farms and all of those things that used to sit around. And and I know we could get that back, you understand, you know, if we just create another generation who understands the importance of owning and having your own and taking pride in having your own. Yes, that was that was what motivated me to say yes to SRBWI. 
and then they wanted uh, to find women in agriculture. So, and that was another uh, love of mine. And so that, therefore, it was it was easy to come aboard. I, I'm I'm looking at it from the standpoint of of just what I told you. Let's try to keep our, our, our family farms as many as we got left, and let's 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 try to motivate my people into into going back to their roots. Yeah, this is where we came from, and we did it for them. So can't we do it for ourselves? We were forced to do it for them. Do we have to be forced to do it for ourselves? We don't. We can do it for ourselves. And and that's where we are. And there are people who just simply have to make money to pay their taxes in order to keep what they got. And this is an opportunity. So let's 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 see where this opportunity takes us and and, and, and let's go forth. The one word that I know to, to describe a black woman in farming today would be opportunity. The opportunities are so much greater now to, 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 to be a black woman in farming. Uh, there are so many programs and, and, and things available to us now until all you'd have to do is get up off your fanny and go out and try to do what you need to do. And hot work is, in, is a part of it, but if, if you desire to have what you need, you understand, then you're going to have to work for it. And therefore, this is what we do. Okay, I really didn't have anything to, to do with the uh, the involvement of the five counties. When they came to me, then five counties were involved. So, and I'm 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 thinking, you know, that it was strategic in the way that they did it, because the counties are located in the delta, basically. So, and. Because there was a base in, 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 in South Mississippi and Jackson, I'm assuming that they started with Yazoo and came on back. And I think we're the, um, Bolivar is the, is, the, is the last county that, that it, and it is last county to the north. So I'm assuming that it was strategic. At this time, we probably have about 30 women. And uh, it's a good group of women. And it's, and it's women that have been, uh, we've added on uh, uh, some beginners, but it will basically, the women that, that we have are women farmers, you understand, you know, who, who all of us have an interest in farming. So, and basically all of them is, is growing something or has, has had the experience of growing something. And we got uh, several women who have even extended themselves into growing livestock. So it's, 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 it's a good group of women. A lot of, of them were farming when I met them. And uh, basically, uh, the women in my ag program uh, grow vegetables. So... And there are all kinds of vegetables, squash, okra, peas, 
lima beans, um, sweet potatoes. That's 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 our organization's uh, chief crop, the sweet potato. But uh, they grow peppers, you name it, anything in the vegetable line. Somebody in in our organization has a hand to grow it. Trust me. <laughs> we meet when necessary. Let's let's say that. But but we have to, we always have to have an annual meeting. And uh, if there's something we do a lot of teleconferencing, but if there's something that we need to meet about, then we just call a meeting. Well, uh, somehow that market seeked us out, and uh, we took it as an opportunity, and it is a great opportunity, you understand? However, uh, it was a, quite a bit of work. Yeah, sometimes you can bite off more you can chew. So, <laughs> but we successively, successfully supplied that market last year, and this year, uh, we've tried to extend it with some other things that that he wants, which is some hibernarian peppers. We have planted some, but they have not, because of the drought, we have not had a good year, and it was our first experimental plot. So we're still waiting for the outcome of, of, of this, but uh, next year we are going to go forth with it, and we're not going to give up until we deliver those hibernarian peppers. Those sweet potato greens, we, we have them everywhere. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman the other day, we're going to try to experiment with another green, with another potato, uh, 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 and see if it will produce larger leaves, understand, which would make uh, the process go much, much smoother, you understand, because you'll be able to package, you'll be able to do less work and package more greens, you understand? So we're, we're, we're still working on that. But it's, it's, it's a good market. The market is solid for anybody who wants to, to, to expound on it. However, they would have to come through SRBWI. <laughs> it is most important. Yeah, because uh, what, what, what do you have with your sweet potato? And that's one of the things that we were able to do year before last. But last year, because of production, we weren't able to, to save any seedings, and it makes a big difference in the, the expense and your cost of, of, of growing your product. So, and then you're able to, if you save your seedings, you're able to supply each individual who wants to grow uh, sweet potatoes with, 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 with slips. And it's going to make it easier for that for that particular individual to to start their crop. You understand, you know. And they would have they could use their limited funds in order to maintain it. But you will still get uh, a product, and 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 that's 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 a, a most important, and that would help advance that individual. So, and we can move on to to growing other products and 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 you'll have some some capital to begin your crop with next year because you you haven't put all your money into something that that might or might not produce in that particular soil or at that particular time because of the climate so it's most important 
Well, I can't speak on it um, as well. I could just I I tell you about it as I know it. I know that he served uh, on the board during the early years of this establishment, and that's that's basically all I know about that. Now that that brings us to the labor of this and 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 who the best individuals are to plant those sweet potatoes and i I found that 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 they have an interest in planting sweet potatoes, and they also do it well, and they can consistently do it, yeah, and they get on that planter and uh put their uh earphones on and listen to their music and study drop those slips. You understand? Before you know it, you uncovered five or ten acres of land, and that's what you want. Somebody who can roll those slips in. Yeah. <laughs> that's a part of this veggie. Uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, my little cousin, who, who is one of the ones who, who plants sweet potatoes and, and uses iPod and do this, he said, Benita, uh... Is it time for us to go out there and clip some of those slips off of there and put them and, and, and fill in them skips? I say, yeah, man, that's what we need to go and do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it feels good. Is that agriculture is a part of your life, whether directly or indirectly and there's one thing that all of us got to do and that's eat you know what I'm saying so when you understand the importance of, of, of agriculture and where your food come from and how you can play a role and where your food come from then and how you can save money while playing a role and where your food come from and there are means and ways of making a living while doing it. And agriculture is something that you have to enjoy in order to do because you got early mornings and late nights and you got incidentals and things that are going to come up and you're going to have to get up and do it. Work never stops. But if it's something that you're interested in and it's something that, that I can have a part of, of piquing your curiosity, then I'd love to be that person. And I know many, 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 and most and all of the women who sit around my table when we meeting with women in ag, that's a major interest of theirs, young people. And what are we going to do to get them back? to get them off these streets, to pique their curiosity, and to bring them into the fall. My greatest challenge in farming, well, my, 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 my greatest challenge is sharing the vision. And I, I see that there are so many people who who understand where we're trying to go and understand that that 
outer culture has been an intricate part in 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 the Delta and in Mississippi. But I don't think they understand that the the big picture that outer culture can play in revitalizing the state and and revitalizing Mount Bayou and just doing great things for for a lot of people. We we set on the on on the verge of a great opportunity here to grow vegetables and to to make farming a whole different thing from what it was back in the 50s and then the 60s and then we set with the opportunity to enhance people's lives and and especially the women's of my organization we could do great things so but the challenge is sharing a vision. That somehow we as a people would somehow take what we got, learn to use what we have to our advantage take advantage of our opportunities that that we're being offered today and look forward to I, I I I have always said that I didn't I didn't want to be wealthy or rich per se but I've always wanted to live a comfortable life and I know in agriculture and in what we have and what we share we could all live a comfortable life. So therefore, I'm hoping that the future is brighter and that everybody's going to start growing and eating vegetables. <laughs>